Continuous, uninterrupted, unmarked sound is just noise. The holes, what's not there, and the separating marks can define and give meaning to what is there. Oh yes, great singing and speaking make great use of space. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. In his classic book, The Prophet, Cahill Gibran writes, Let there be spaces in your togetherness, and let the winds of the heavens dance between you. Wisdom tends to cross categories, and this wise relationship advice has several parallel applications to voice. Let's explore them, starting with run-on sentences. We need to separate them. Run-on sentences soon lose meaning. Consider the Star-Spangled Banner, which notoriously begins with a run-on sentence. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? (sighs) Okay, so it's a run-on question, not a statement, but you get the idea. To give meaning to these lyrics, we need somehow to separate the lines. Three ways we can separate run-ons are with commas, consonants, and breaths. Let's talk about commas. Think of commas as insinuated spaces. There's not a complete break in these places, but they're where you accent or re-pull the start of a word to separate run-on sentences into thought chunks or phrases. For best results, I recommend that you pull the word open instead of push it out there to articulate this accent. Anyway, if written out, you would see commas at these thought chunk separations. Such spots don't always correspond to where you need to take a breath. You might have plenty of breath to continue without a pause, but unless you somehow accent the spot to insinuate the beginning of a new phrase, all the lyrics just blend together into a numbing jumble of nonsense. I want to use the song, I'm Not Getting Married Today, to illustrate it. Notice how in the video that I linked to in the podcast notes, the different singers in that video make use of vocal commas or not. I'm going to give you the first part of it two different ways. One without a sense of comma and the other with senses of re-pulling spots to insinuate breaks. Pardon me, is everybody here? Because if everybody's here, I'd like to thank you all for coming to the wedding. I'd appreciate you going even more. I mean, you must have lots of better things to do and not a word of it to Paul. Remember, Paul? Pardon me, is everybody here? Because if everybody's here, I'd like to thank you all for coming to the wedding. I'd appreciate you going even more. I mean, you must have lots of better things to do and not a word of it to Paul. Remember, Paul? The comma effect gives meaning to the performance as the thoughts are freshly delivered. Okay, let's talk about consonants. Several of my students are familiar with my correction, give me your S's and T's. They, along with other consonants, are extremely important. How important are they? Well, consonants turn vowels into words. Without consonants, that sentence would read, Yep, without articulating consonants clearly enough, words just become sounds. For both singers and speakers, you literally lose the power of your message if it depends on the listener understanding the words. 
try this exercise. Sing any song, even happy birthday, which is what I'll use. First by under-articulating the consonants, and then by forming consonants crisply. I want to demonstrate this difference in consonant usage with the beginning of a song I wrote with Sky Dyer called Enough For Me. I see your face and know what you think. You're a fate of me, but you feel too much. I see your face and I know what you think. You're afraid to feel, cause you feel too much. Which delivery has the more compelling performance? Which sounds like a real message with some emotion? Which is just an internal thought? All right, now let's ponder breaths. Another strategy to separate a run-on sentence is to, of course, take a breath. But don't just take breaths when you feel you're running out with no attention to thought completion. Separate your phrases strategically with the purpose of delivering a message that impacts the heart being spoken to, and try to do this in thought chunks. There's a great example that I found by Kristen Chenoweth, who performed this song on The Ellen Show, and I've got a link to it in the podcast notes. In that hilarious performance, you'll see how she separates sentence fragments with strategic breaths. And it's all the more hilarious to me because I advocate a sense of powering your voice from your pelvic floor. So go ahead, listen to Kristen Chenoweth as she sings from her hoo-hoo. The next way great voices make strategic use of space is to separate from your instrument. If you play an instrument, it can be difficult to master both playing and singing really well simultaneously. To either learn a new song or do an old one better, try separate practice. First, play. Barely sing while you focus your concentration on playing your guitar, keyboard, or other instrument. Practice short sections until you memorize the feel of them, and playing becomes automatic for your hands and arms, and your instrument just becomes part of your body. Then, focus your concentration on singing only. Don't play at all, or just barely give yourself a chord or two. But do either put your hands on your instrument or pick up a stick such as a back scratcher, wooden spoon, or drumstick. Okay, now you can focus on experimenting with phrasing, vocal licks, melodic variations, and you can become aware of wherever issues occur. And you can perfect the techniques you need to ace the difficult sections in your songs. Then seal in your lyric memorization by singing the whole thing. And after you feel confident with your playing and your singing, then put them together singing and playing simultaneously. Spacing your practice should make the coming together much better in many ways. The next way you can make strategic use of space is to allow space with no fill. For singers, as Beyonce knows, you don't have to fill every space with a vocal lick. The classic song Halo, that I've got a link to again in the podcast notes, will show you that she sings the melody simply for most of the song and includes her well-executed runs strategically to build emotion, but she doesn't overdo it. 
Space separates thoughts for both singing and speaking. This gives the singer time to breathe and fully set up for the next phrase and gives the listener the opportunity to digest what's just been said or sung. This is one reason that you'll find more people prefer the singing of Whitney Houston over Mariah Carey. Lady Gaga made great use of this too in her highly praised 2016 performance of that Star Spangled Banner. I've got a link to it in the podcast notes. Some genres of music expect more vocal licks and runs for sure, but even those pop and R&B songs deliver more emotional response with some space. Here's a refrigerator magnet for you. The runs may impress, but the spaces express. Another way to use strategic space is to wait for the next line. In speech, we call it using a pregnant with meaning pause. For singing, try laying back behind the beat just enough or delay the onset of the word, which is especially useful in jazz singing. You can even leave a word out to make the line feel just right. Empty or elongated space can communicate like nothing else. And then well-placed vocalics truly embellish the message. The next way we can make strategic use of space as voices is to embrace periodic silence. Let's talk about voice rest. There are important times and reasons to stop sounding your voice. For instance, to allow an overused or abused voice to recover. You know, even with good technique, you can't go from one to 90 by suddenly singing much longer than you have been. With good technique and using that technique in performance, you shouldn't experience any kind of strain. But if you do, if you have, for whatever reason, you need to rest. And I'm going to make one other comment on vocal rest. Doctors don't recommend vocal rest for as long as they used to. They find that, much like physical therapy, it's best to start using your voice as soon as you can with good technique. You should definitely consult with your doctor or laryngologist for how long you should stay on voice rest and when it's safe to start exercising and getting your voice back. Another example of needing to rest your voice, to gain new fire, energy, and life for your overperformed or overrehearsed songs. If you've sung something one too many times and you're numb to it, I would suggest you stop singing it for a while. Another example, to silently practice vocal technique and become more aware of body-mind-voice connections. I actually included a whole silent vocal exercise routine in my six-disc course of Power Path and Performance. It's silent mental practice. And another example of needing to make use of vocal rest, to listen to the beauty, inspiration, and wisdom of other voices and songs. Though if you have laryngitis, don't even do that because your larynx moves to what it hears. So if your larynx needs to be completely still, don't even listen to music. And I want to thank my coach, Gerald Arthur, for that bit of wisdom. So vocal rest is one way to embrace periodic silence. Here's another, miming. To learn something vocally new, we need to listen without making a sound. It's a mistake to try and sing along immediately 
thinking you're supposed to get it that quickly. A great way to learn style, vocalics, or anything out of your comfort zone or different is to immerse your ears in it. Then while listening deeply, silently move your mouth, face, soft palate, jaw, and yes, vocal apparatus to imitate what you're hearing. I call this miming exercises. When you actively imagine making a sound, your ear can focus in much more detail to what it's listening to, and you can learn much more effectively. And the next way we can embrace periodic silence is the silent inhale. Breathe in silently. You'll take in a much better quality inhale, and it won't dry out your vocal cords like you do with a noisy inhale. Okay, I want to talk about one more way that we can make strategic use of space, and that is to disconnect. I'm traveling to Crossville, Tennessee with my husband as I write this. I'm getting away for an extended weekend to allow my senses to come alive and my body, mind, spirit to be refreshed. It's so important to disconnect periodically, even from the things we love. Like relationships, when we reconnect, there will be a freshness, a presence, a renewed gratitude for everything we get to do together. So go ahead, make commas, take breaths, separate from your instrument, listen and embrace silence, and periodically take a real break. I'm going to leave you with another link in the podcast notes to Pentatonics singing The Sound of Silence for your inspiration. This is Judy Rodman, and you can always find me at judyrodman.com. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please support it by leaving your review. See you next time on All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.